we walk out and I start walking over there and now he's laying on the ground with his feet in the street. And I thought, oh shit, I better go get my gloves. So I walk around him in the street and I get in front of him and he looks at me and I go, hey man, you all right? And he looked at me and he said, you want to die today? Hello and welcome. Rocking out. Welcome to episode nine. It's episode nine, Brandon. Has it already been that many? Yeah, of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast. It's funny, I can't say nine anymore without thinking of this cop who worked in a town next to me who anytime had to say nine says niner. Yeah, he's one of those people. <laughs> He's one of those people. He, I, bet like, you, I bet you he pla- he claps on planes when they land, too. Is that what those people do? I hate those people. What do you mean by those people? Those You know, the people where you're sitting there on the plane, comes down, it hits the ground, and then so you get a couple people who are like, good job, good job, great job. <laughs> I've never yeah, been on a plane where people did that. It's just amazing that he was able to successfully do his job. Like, I just I can't stand those people. Th- those are the ones that have like three masks on, rubber gloves, safety glasses, and a face shield. Just you know, afraid of the world. Kind of like uh, was Ross Geller's character? Wasn't he a? Oh no, I I, I got confused from uh, who's the guy that plays Ross? Uh, Schwimmer on Friends, right? David Schwimmer. He played the giraffe. Yes. In Madagascar, yes, who's a hypochondriac. Yes. <laughs> so I always get the two confused. So, yes, we have the hypochondriacs on the plane with all the safety gear. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone clap on a plane when we land. I've flown, you know. It, it's a lot. shocking the first time it happens. Like, why are we clapping? Did something weird happen? Did like, you? All, like, all of us, <laughs> the first time I ever heard it, I got really concerned because when I was a kid, I used to fly back and forth because uh, my parents are split up. So I was going to spend summers with my dad. And I have to fly from usually out of San Francisco over to Denver. Okay. And first, I flew by myself since I was like age eight. And I think I was like nine years old the first time that like somebody clapped on the plane. And like both arms go out. I'm like, what happened? Did something weird right. happen? What's We're on going the gr- on? Like, why are we clapping? Did like something weird happen? He overcame? He conquered? We're good? Okay. Oh. Uh. As a kid, you wouldn't know, right? No, as a kid, I like almost You're... freaked out. Like even this, even like the flight attendant came in next to me, like it's just some idiot. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Back but, then, they were called stewardesses. Yes, and it, it was perfectly acceptable to call them that. Right. Not flight attendant. No. Now they're just attending two things. Oh, I, I I love when your dog barks because yeah. I try and edit them out. It scares the crap out of me. <laughs> of course, like that's all right. If you're not talking, I can edit that out. But if you're talking and he's barking, then we we have him in the background. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of dog is it? So he's a German Shepherd Husky mix. And it's uh, it's everybody's first night back from vacation. Yeah. So it's kids are like freaking out. Dogs are pacing around. It's it's you did say. Golly, yeah, he, man. You're like, I texted you and you're like, I said, I'm going to be a few minutes. And you're like, it's okay. It's a shit show over here. <laughs> okay. We're trying to get the baby down. The uh, Our oldest daughter keeps getting out of bed. 
And all of a sudden, my son was like, eh, well, he's, he spent like the last week, like they've all been sleeping in a room together. Well, now they're right. back in their own individual rooms, and they're all like, it's weird now. Do they get scared, or I think they just, just it's different. Siblings? I think it's, uh, yeah. I don't know, bickering since we got home, so. <laughs> so which grandparent did they stay at? Uh, so they stayed with my mom, and then okay. the dog stayed with uh, my in-laws, because they have a little ah. bit they have a little bit more room for them to uh, roam around and sniff things. And you have one dog or two? I have two. So I have we have the German Shepherd Jake, who we've had. We adopted him just about a year ago, and then Bailey, our Beagle, Beagle Bailey. <laughs> yes, it, for exactly that reason. For those that don't know, who are young, and I'm surprised Brandon knows. Beagle Bailey must be a reference to the cartoon Beetle Bailey. Yes, the which newspaper was an army, cartoon. Yeah, about an army private, was it? Yeah. Was he a private? Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of— I grew up reading those yeah, cartoons. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. I it's the whole thing. Okay. I would grab two sections in the newspaper. I'd grab the sports page, and I'd grab the cartoons. And, right. And Beetle Bailey was one of my favorites. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So Beetle Bailey. Yes. That's we've, effing hilarious. We've had her— Oh, wait a minute. You just ruined it. <laughs> well, it's a her? Yeah. Well, we didn't know that when I when we, you know, were you adopting see her. See no balls hanging from behind <laughs> behind well, her ass well, or no, tail. Okay. So so we got her. Uh, she was part of a litter when we were in North Dakota, and they said, "Yeah, we got okay. one left." It's. I mean, they sent us a picture. I didn't care if it was male or female. And we're like, well, like we call her Bailey. Like, Bailey's kind of like one of those almost like unisex names for a dog, like Beagle, almost. Beagle, Bailey, Beagle, Bailey, that's what we're doing. I don't care. Male, female, doesn't matter. So, and we, but we've had her since she was old enough to be separated from mom. So we've had her her entire life. Oh, she's okay. just about nine years old. What's the life expectancy of a Beagle? I think they can live up to 15? Yes, yeah, between like 15 and then on the high end, you can get to like 18, 20 years old. So, okay. I'm hoping for the high end, but I don't think it's going to happen. You want the dog dragging itself around by its front legs because its yes. hips went out. Yeah. Know, and they put a little skateboard under her ass. Yes, absolutely. Just like to, just okay. like in uh, Secret Life of Pets. That's what I want. Okay. I want that dog. <laughs> All right. I yeah. actually didn't want another dog, but. Well, you never want another dog, but you always end up. Twelve years ago, dog. we ended up getting another one. <laughs> so when this one, and he's a sweet dog, but when he goes, meh, yeah, no more that's dogs. when uh when both when these two go because they're both senior dogs. Jake's uh, eight, well, about to, seven, about to be eight, and then Bailey is about to turn nine. When they go, we're gonna kind of take a little bit to of a of a break. Okay. And then maybe well, I don't know. Maybe it won't last long with the kids. No, oh, I know they're gonna want a dog. Right well, it's away. it's kind of the cool thing with Bailey is she's been around for the birth of all three. Yeah. So, and then that's pretty cool. Jake came in late, but he's uh quickly assimilated to uh our way of doing things. But it's kind of funny they both have had their ACLs repaired. Oh God, dog surgery is so expensive. Yeah. So do you, you have pet insurance? <laughs> I didn't. Okay. I went out of pocket on that one. All right. So if you do, uh, any, any of you listeners out there, you do get a pet, the very first thing you should do is get pet insurance. It will save you a small fortune, sometimes an actual fortune. Yes. But and there is a company that does, I don't know if the company's called Care Credit, but the card is. It's yeah. Care Credit. Okay. 
so you can also finance your dog's, you know, lobotomy if you have to. <laughs> yeah. So th- thankfully we didn't have to pay for Jake's. He came with that one done, but we uh we footed great. the bill on Bailey's and that sucks. Yeah, that's like a good tool you could have. Oh man, you, that was Should like that was like dog's a big ass or... CNC I could have had. Yeah. <laughs> so we've already made the decision that if she blows out the other one, it's all pain <laughs> She's management. She's limping. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> pain management. Luckily, people don't treat hu- well. I was gonna say people don't treat humans that way, but eh, sometimes they do. We treat dogs way better than we treat humans. Oh, way better. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Let's start off. How was your week? My week was fantastic. I saw people throwing fire around. I swam with sea turtles. I drank my body weight in mai tais and Hawaiian food. Nice. Love it. Yeah. So I'm a. Uh, I'm a little sluggish, and for those of you that saw the Instagram live, I am quite puffy today. <laughs> puffy, like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow oh, Man. Oh, man, I am puffed. I'm oh, glad I wore stretchy I'm just pants exhausted, over there. But... So, yeah, so tell me about the uh, trip to the islands. So it was great. It was my first time actually going out to Hawaii. So we went to uh, went to Maui, got off the plane, and immediately went to the hotel, changed, and went to a luau. Oh, right off the bat, you're yeah, at a luau. Oh, we were. I think yeah. the Bradys did that as well. Yeah, and honestly, it was a, kind of the the best way to do it, just because like our our bodies were still kind of on West Coast time, so it was three hours. Well, we went three hours back in time, so we were kind of still ready to go. That's not too bad. It would yeah, be it wasn't five for me then. I yeah. guess, huh? Yeah, okay. it'd be rough for you, but for us, we were able to manage it at least right off the bat, and then. Uh, did that took took some uh <laughs> some aspirin and 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 chug some water before bed because in the morning bright and early we went snorkeling oh so that All was right. that, and it was no kids so. yeah and no kids so that was that was a it was kind of a bittersweet moment or a bittersweet trip so it was really fun to just go just the two of us, like we used to do all the time. But then, like the whole time we spent the whole trip, like man, the kids would love this. Man, the kids would love that. But we got a lot of a lot of really cool pictures. Uh, went to the Maui Brew Company, and then just kind of tooled around. We got a uh, rented a convertible Camaro. When I saw the red, I thought you rented a Ferrari, like Magnum oh, PI. Man. I wish. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so uh, we rented that, and then. Uh, quickly found out that like everybody on the island drives like 40 miles an hour <laughs> they're all old yeah well, i mean which it kind of defeats the purpose of of the camaro but at the but same you probably had the six cylinder camaro anyways, oh yeah no right? it was totally the v6 it was not the yeah, throaty the chicks, v8 the chicks version yeah or the the hipster man let's we're not we're not discriminatory okay. here it's very much the man bun type of camaro yeah i mean my best friend bill just bought when I say just like two months ago, yeah. he bought a must a used Mustang convertible, but it's the turbocharged four cylinder. Okay, I think it's a twenty nineteen or t- maybe twenty nineteen. It still has three hundred and five horsepower <laughs> for a four cylinder, <laughs> which was uh, ten pound ten horsepower less than my 05 GT had. Jeez, and that V eight, so that's kind of crazy. Yeah, now we still found. So a you're couple tooling of, around uh, the island. Yeah, with so a, we, a convertible Camaro. Yeah, we found a couple of. Uh, open roads or lagged back just a little bit to create All some right. distance and then got on it a little bit with the top down to have a little Did bit you of reach fun. like 65 miles an hour at least? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think I, I hit 80 on one of the open stretches. Okay. 
Do you put the windows up then in the convertible no. with the top down? No. You keep all the windows down. All down. Top okay. down, windows down. We just have fun. So we no. had a convertible in the family back in 1990. <laughs> 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 well, actually, my you know, my wife had the uh, Z24 convertible. Nice. And then I had a Trans Am, and then once the kids were born, eh, neither one of those cars worked really well. Yeah, yeah. So they went. Away. We were joking when we got we like actually looked at the car. I'm like, we can never own anything like this because it seats four. Right. That's <laughs> it. we are five. Well, yes, trunk Mage. room. Yeah, throw throw the baby in the trunk. Like, hey, when my parents would drive my twin sister and I around, I'm sure we sat on the center console. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, they, we would. We would cram, like I used to have just a like I had an old eighty nine F one fifty, just the bench seating, and I, yeah. I could get five six people in there. Not, not your not size, comfortably. No, yeah. like high school me, yeah, yeah. But we we could get some people in there and then throw another you know twelve thirteen in the bed of the truck and we were good to go. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I don't it was. Like we got in a lot of trouble though. Travel <laughs> like when people. <laughs> Carry their dogs around in the back of their truck. I don't oh, like I know, that. That pisses me off so much. <laughs> I, I see. see it I see kids in the back seat. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And see a dog back there. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah throw a kid back. There. Sorry, yeah. was, my son just came in. I heard the garage door, and I wanted to tell him that I'm recording, so not to make a lot of noise. <laughs> just, just so, yelling at the stairs. Shut up. Yeah, your first comment <laughs> about just keeping the kids in the back of the pickup truck is okay, but don't put a dog back there. No, yeah, so. kids, it's fine. They'll figure it out. They bounce. They dogs bounce. that have bad balance. <laughs> So cats, how was your though. how was your week? I don't even need to start on cats. <laughs> so that's it for your week, huh? Yeah, pretty much. And then flew back Friday night. It was kind of fun flying over the city I work in. When I get a text or not text, well, a, a message from my buddy. He goes, "Hey, uh, there's a fatal working so because I was going to have him come pick me up from the airport because he uh, okay, he works in the district that kind of borders at it. The airport, yeah. At, yeah. I was like, "Hey, man, come get us." And he said, well, there's a fatal working in the city, so. <laughs> Kind of. What kind kinda, of? Was it a motorcycle crash or a car no? Crash? So apparently, some uh, getting back onto the subject of DUIs from uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some guy left a bar, got into his truck, put it in reverse, went a little heavy on the gas pedal, and uh, ran over three people, killing one. At a bar in the yeah. parking lot. Yeah, like the they were at an outside dining table. Oh my god. Yeah. So okay, good thing you missed that. Yeah, I also missed a homicide in my uh, district, like the very Another first one. night. Yeah, yeah, I think it's homicide number twenty something for the city. Fatal, fatal crash number twenty something for the city too. Okay, they're usually it's weird, it's weird because they're usually like within one or two of each other the whole year. Wow, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, well, good you escaped death for a week. Yeah, that was nice, but uh, good, good, feeling. good for you. Got a feeling that, you know, when uh, all the sanctions get lifted off. When of, yeah, off when does count. that happen for you June guys? June fifteenth. What's the date today? Twelfth. Okay. Yeah. So in three. So days. that's Tuesday. I don't. Yeah. Know, I can't so, count so right now. It'll basically be my Thursday and Friday. We'll uh, be running around with yeah, my right. hair on fire because yeah. people are going to lose their absolute minds. Like they're. Well, well I don't know because Illinois opened up yesterday. The which is Friday the eleventh. We're recording this on Saturday the twelfth. So Friday the eleventh, the governor opened up the state fully. So Wrigley Field had full capacity for That's the Cubs awesome. game. They did a opening day two point oh. Yeah. 
since that was the first time that you know all the fans were allowed in, and I watched some of the the news stories outside Wrigley on the news before the game, and all the bars were packed, and I still have a problem with that. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I'm still like wearing a mask sometimes, going into the store, and I don't have to. And uh, here's my thought on it. I don't want to let my guard down. Yeah, I here and here's my thought because I've. I've been all kind of all over the map with this stuff, but we don't shut down the country during flu season. We don't. We didn't shut it down for H1N1. We didn't shut it down for swine flu. Sorry, we, like none of this stuff. We didn't shut it down like this. Yes, it can be very lethal to the elderly, to people who have underlying health issues, such as being obese. Which I mean, fair points. Most of America at this at this point. But and this is kind of where I get on my soapbox a little bit. This is the United States of America, right? The America, number, yeah, America. The the thing that we hold most dear is I mean, what's the thing that we always said growing up and even as adults? That's a free country, right? Do what you want. It's a free country. We provide people information. We allow them to make a decision, and then you live with based that on that information. Yes, yeah. based on the information. Under the assumption that the information being provided is truthful and accurate to the best of their abilities. Okay. I'm not going to hold too many feet to the fire over COVID because we had, nobody had a clue what this was, except for, you know, maybe the scientists in the lab who were studying it and doing gain of function research. But, you know, just a whole other thing. I'm going to save that for like a conspiracy show. Yeah. But why not say, hey, this affects this group of people worse? Maybe we quarantine them or hey we can provide incentives for people who opt to work from home we incentivize that for companies to encourage people to work from home we do all these other things to give people information and incentives to do things that are going to help stop the spread you know because we started this whole two weeks to flatten the curve thing where basically we just got locked down and then uh, we never really got let out for 18 months so i say give people information let them make up their own damn mind is really odd to me is this whole push to get everybody vaccinated right have you ever seen a push like this to get a shot no and i i actually wanted to comment on that that i'm kind of mad that i got my first shot in january and my second shot in february because our department obviously being first responders we were given we were in that group that was right after the really old people yeah we were gonna we were next, right, in Illinois. So I signed up immediately. And then some of my friends at work that wanted to like waited like a week or yeah. two weeks, whatever, and then they couldn't get in because it was Because it was just right? slammed. Yeah. So here's what I'm mad about. A couple things. I don't want to piss anybody off, but the first thing that really bothers me is hearing how the brown and black community doesn't want to get or they they're not, there's no options for them to get vaccinated the whole because of chicago that's the news that we hear i don't know if they don't trust the shot and that's fine but i'm hearing so much about getting the black and brown people which is a weird saying yeah i don't like that i don't like (laughs) it either so hey the black and brown people so the people of color they're way behind in chicago getting vaccinated so now i turn on the news hey Get your free tickets to the White Sox game. I'm like, what oh, yeah. the fuck? Oh, yeah, California, what? some 17-year-old just won 50 grand. 
I went right away because I'm a responsible adult, and now I, and it was my choice, and no yeah. one was forcing me to do it. But because of the people that we come in contact yeah. with at work, I wanted to make sure I was protected myself, and then I didn't yeah. bring anything home. So, so uh, well, I should have waited. Maybe I could have won a Mercedes for right? fuck's sake. I, I could have won fifty thousand bucks. <laughs> but I, it just I, and, really and I upsets think, me now. Yeah. So I think I kind of understand why the what the media at large and what politicians are calling the black and brown communities, pigeonholing them further, like they have through welfare and all these other things. Uh, you go back to the first generation of people that came to this country. They came to this country because they have a deep-rooted distrust of government, and rightfully so, given where they've come from. So now we have a vaccine that's come out that was rushed to market. Granted, they, from what I understand... They went through all the same testing. They just cut a lot of red tape for them. So now it's getting pushed on them by the government. People with a healthy distrust of government are not going to trust new government that has taken away civil liberties from them. I've talked to a number of, uh, of people just through interactions of being a cop. And the people who have directly immigrated to this country are very alarmed by the actions of the state local and federal government during this whole thing because they've seen this crap before and it typically doesn't go well for the common joe so like yeah i totally get why people don't want to get that shot i got it the same reason you did i come in contact with a lot of people before i got the shot i had been exposed like four or five times to this thing i'm starting to think that i may be just superhuman yeah well, you may be <laughs> yeah but my wife decided to not get it because i am her risk of exposure she doesn't really come into contact with. She stays at home. She does homeschooling with the kids, so her her risk of exposure is a lot less than mine. And she does the social distancing. She'll wear the mask when she needs to, even though we both freaking hate wearing the mask. And as far as the people that have been vaccinated, there is absolutely no benefit. There's no benefit whatsoever, because, like for instance, to go to Hawaii, they have all these uh, COVID tests that you have to, or COVID protocols, I guess. So you have to get a test within 72 hours, or a negative test result within 72 hours, right? Before you travel. Before you travel. And then you have to bring that with you. Yep. You have to provide that to them. Or you have to... But who do you... So... Who do you show that to? So we showed it to uh, people at the gate. But you can upload it to their, their website. And basically, they have representatives at the gates and, and all that stuff. That'll go through, like, yep, That's cool. TSA? Uh, it's, like, there's... I don't know if they're, like, deputized by the state or... Okay. Or what? But they they like hold the key. They give you a little wristband of like you're good to go. But so we had to get the negative test within 72 hours of our departure flight, which the standard turnaround time for these tests is about 48 to 72 hours. So we didn't actually get our negative result until our flight left at 9 a.m. We got it our negative uh, result back at I would say about 8 p.m. the night before. Oh, so you you made it? Yeah, so we made it. Okay. But, I mean, it's one of those, like, you're kind of playing beat the clock. So it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. You have to show that test. Then you got to wear a mask on the plane, which sucks. That sucked, yeah. Yeah, for five hours, that's awful. Unless you're eating or drinking. So if you right, just, just get a really a drink big there, water or something, right. you just, just keep have the mask on down. Hold them. Yeah, anytime anybody comes yeah. by, nope, see, got it right here. Right, yeah. But then once you land... 
the the thing was the way it was reading on the websites was that if you're not vaccinated, you have to do the little 15 minute rapid test. Really? Yeah. Just to further confirm it, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I would think if you have the negative test within 72 hours, you're probably not going to test positive on the rapid one, which is supposed to be pretty inaccurate. Right. Whatever. I'm just a cop. So that was the whole thing. It was like, I was kind of teasing my wife. It's like, ha, I don't have to do the rapid test. You do. Ha ha. Pays to be vaccinated. Sucks to suck. <laughs> Apparently it's random. Oh, guess what, Brandon? Nope. Oh, they I, didn't choose you? No, they didn't choose her. Oh, they didn't choose her. Nope, Did they, they choose, choose you? No, because I was going to hold oh, that okay. vaccine card right in their face and go, nope, don't have to. Right. So, um, so you carry your card with you? Not all times. Okay. You I, should I have carry, a picture carry, of it on your phone. Yeah, I do have a picture of okay. it. Okay. Because you know that's going to be that's going to be how the government allows me to go places. But right again, not going to save that one for a conspiracy show for another three and a half years. Yeah, and uh, so long story short, there was absolutely no benefit to being vaccinated and going to Hawaii. Wow! I didn't get to do anything special that that my wife couldn't do. She didn't have to do jump through any additional hurdles. Okay. She just didn't have to be sick for a day and a half. Right. So. So we were at my week, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so what kind of craziness did you have to deal with? Well, we last recorded on a Thursday. So since then, I worked one, two, three, four, five, five days. So that next Friday, I went on a call for nothing too crazy. So went on a call at a... a, a went on a domestic call. So this chick called us and she said that her boyfriend was just there and he had just moved out and she has no lease now and she's got a verbal agreement with her landlord and all this bullshit. So this comes into play. Those are always easy to enforce too. Yeah, civil matters. (laughs) So she's like, well, I don't want him to come back. But he was moving here, but he moved out, but he's got stuff here. And and I, I told her, you know, if he comes here, he he lives here. He's got mail that comes here. Until you you evict him or you both move out or whatever, that's an issue we'll deal with at a later date. She's like, okay, well, he's not here now. So so then I just went on an ambulance call. And when I was on the ambulance call, the fire department was up over there, of course. And they've been going to our board meetings because we're so short-staffed. The fire department is short-staffed. The police department's short-staffed. And they've been fighting it. So they've been making a presence known at all of the board meetings monthly. They video record them, put them online because they have an IG page and a Facebook page. So they want the uh, village residents to know what's going on. Makes sense. Yeah. So my buddy Mike says to me, so he says to him, he goes, hey, why don't you guys ever come to these meetings? And I, They're like the third Thursday of the month, whatever the calendar is. And the last one I saw him at, I was going to a call, pulling out of the driveway of the PD. And he said, where are you going? We have a meeting to go to. And I'm like, well, I'm going to a call. I had no idea you guys were going to show up in a meeting. And he said, well, I told so-and-so. I'm like, okay, well, you might have just yelled it outside your window yeah. in the middle of your neighborhood because apparently no one in my police department wants to spread the word that the fire department asked the police department to go up with them because they've been like bearing the torch for both departments. And basically, they're tired of trying to carry the weight for the police department, too. Yeah. If none of the guys are actually showing up to also complain on record 
in front of the village uh, trustees and where the community can see it, you know. So we had this conversation about that. And I told them, you know, if I'm on shift, I'm, I'll come. But I live 30 miles away. So if, if it's a board meeting and I'm not working at night, I'm not going to come unless yeah, you seriously organize everybody. Then obviously I'll come in. So we had that discussion. It was pretty interesting. And then on Saturday, the woman who called about the domestic, about the moving problem okay. on Friday, that was my call. And that was an easy one. So the next night, we get called back there. My buddy and I are sitting next to each other, and the call comes out. And I looked at him. I go, oh, my God, that's that chick. And he's like, yeah. So we go over there. She's smashing the windshield out of a car. Yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. She's hammered. Good for and her. And it's 3 in the morning, and she's yelling in between two buildings after she smashed the window on the, her boyfriend's car. So now her boyfriend's actually in the apartment up at the window. He's got the window open, and he's looking down to us, and she's making a scene, and I'm trying to get her away. So now he's back. They still have... No legal paperwork saying who lives where or who does what. <laughs> the He's saying, I don't want her arrested for smashing the window on my car. Perfect. Yeah, which is great. But she's causing such a scene that I got to throw her into a squad. Yeah. Because she's, you know, creating a huge mess. She so. needs adult timeout. I... It's so disgusting. My buddy went up there to then take a statement, and the house apartment is just a completely trashed, and they have a young kid. So, Great. you know, call DCFS Yep. and open up a case against that person. So it wasn't nice to see her for, for the second. For the non-acronym folks, that's the Department of Child and Family Services. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that's the same in every state. So some places, it, is, it I think it goes county by county because – Growing up where I was, it was always CPS, Child Protective Services. Oh, that's Chicago Public Schools out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was always Child Protective Services that you okay. know it, you always threaten your parents like, "I'm gonna call CPS on you." One time I said that to my mom. She grabbed the phone. She goes, "You want me to dial?" <laughs> wow. So she called my bluff. I was like, "No, I guess I'll just be grounded." <laughs> Shit. Yeah. But yeah, but like beat. in the county I work in now, it's okay. it's. Uh, like DF, it, it's DFCS, Department of Family ah. and Child Services. So you know, it's okay, a big, they're a little dis- it's a huge dyslexic. difference. Dyslexic, huge dyslexic. difference. I don't okay. know. Maybe yeah, they just don't like difference. alphabetical order. I don't know. Maybe it's weird. It's California, man. The whole thing out there is weird. So then we went to a big crash where, at one of our major intersections, and there was an ambulance crew, a private ambulance crew, that gases up in the gas station right there, and. He made a statement to one of my buddies. He's like, hey, the guy that got out of that car got out of the car with a red Solo cup and then dumped it and threw the cup. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, so, sure, I'm sure it was water. I'm sure it was yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't drunk. He might have been trying to get there. He was almost there. Almost there. And he was hit. He wasn't even the cause of the accident. Oh, Those are the ones I love. That's just the worst. <laughs> yeah, so karma, right? Just completely. And it wasn't even his car, which is worse. It's like his brother's car or something. So he's driving he's, down the street. He's driving some his other brother's guy. car drunk and then yeah. gets hit by yeah, somebody right? else. Karma. I love it. Oh, man. So we had that. And then 
one of my friends owns a few businesses in town. He owns an auto mechanic shop and he owns a restaurant. And then he owns property that has been up three different bars. He leases that out to different people that have purchased and then turned them into bars that have failed. So he is from Macedonia. So he's got a huge European, in, uh, his restaurant's European influenced. And they have live music. So the village thought it would be a great idea to put an ordinance in that you can't have any outdoor music at any time when half the businesses that are restaurants in the area or bars that want to entertain during COVID can't go outside. Sounds sounds like they want everybody to catch COVID. It's so ridiculous. So anyways, I get a call for a noise complaint. And, and I just had, I got forced to work 18 hours last week. He knew I was working, so he invited me to the restaurant, and I went and had a cappuccino, and then he's like, you got to eat, so he's shoving food down my throat. So we had talked about the ordinance then, and I told him, I'll never give you a ticket. If I'm working and we get a complaint, I'm not writing you a, a, an ordinance citation for music, you know? Yeah. So there's apartments right next to his restaurant. He's had this conversation with the mayor. He's like, listen, those people in the apartments, they're not they're not great residents because they're never they're not people that are gonna be here for thirty years. Yeah. His restaurant's been here for like twenty two years. How many people have moved into those apartments in that twenty two years? Right? It's a transient community. Yeah. Apartment dwellers. Well, I mean that's the nature of apartments, is it's it's high turnover. Right. And it's not like the high class apartments that have clubhouse and weight rooms it's yeah it's a shitty building with shitty residents in it let's face it so i get a call for a noise complaint at like eight o'clock at night so i pull up first i text him hey man i got a noise complaint i'm on my way over he's like okay so i pull up and he has a, a woman singing i don't know what language she was singing in but it was it was pretty damn loud <laughs> so i pull up in the squad it's packed He's all outdoor areas packed. And he comes walking up to me and he's like, too loud? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, who's calling? He's having a feud with the bar owner across the street. Oh, geez. Like, that guy has called on him numerous times. So it was actually an anonymous call. And in Illinois, I don't know about California, legally, we don't have to go on anonymous calls. Huh. Interesting. We're under no obligation legally to go on a call that no one wants to leave a name and a phone number to. But we do. Because I guess maybe at one point, maybe an anonymous call could save a life. Who knows? Yeah. Some, I, I've seen in gang neighborhoods where somebody calls in like a, you know, there's gunfire in the neighborhood. Okay, you want to leave your name and never? No, I want to be anonymous. And you show up and sure enough. You still show but, up, right. Yeah. So I, I think for a lot of those, especially with like noise complaints and stuff, it's kind of up to the sergeant as far as if he wants to make that beat information. Okay. It, like if nobody's willing to be the victim of a crime, then what's the point right. of even going what's the out? crime? Right. So I went, I told my buddy, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just tell him on the air. I don't hear much loud music here. <laughs> I'm going to wait till I get in my car yeah. and the windows are up and I drive away. So I do that and then I go back to my parking spot. And then eh, 45 minutes later, take the complaint for the loud music at the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, God damn. So I go back over there, text him again, pull up. He's like, you want something to drink? I'm like, no, man. He goes, I'm going to be wrapping up in 10 minutes. He goes, 10 o'clock, we're, we're, we're done. I said, okay. Once again, anonymous caller. So I don't give a shit. Yeah. I really don't. 
I'm a victim, no, no I, crime. Right. I'm sorry. I don't care. So I go, see you in five minutes. <laughs> I drive away. And then I get a call from dispatch. Hey, call us. So I call him on the phone. She's like, can you call this person at this number? They're the property manager at the apartments behind the restaurant. I'm like, okay. So I call the woman up, and I said, how can I help you? She said, well, I'm so-and-so, and I represent the, I'm the property manager at the apartments at such-and-such. And I said, okay, what's up? Well, my, my residents are calling me and complaining about the bar being so loud. And I said, oh, that's funny, because they haven't really, I don't think they've called the police department. Yeah, they have. And I said, oh, what's the name of the person? Because the person that called us is Mr. Anonymous. And I said, if they don't want to leave a name and a phone number, what do you want me to do? If they're not willing to sign a ticket for disorderly conduct or whatever, whatever we decide it would be. Yeah. I can't, I'm not going to cite this restaurant. Well, are you there now? I said, no, I'm parked in a, in a parking lot because I'm talking to you on the phone and I don't drive and talk on the phone at the same time. She hung up on me. <laughs> I call her back. I said, uh, I think something happened with the phone line because we got this lost service. She said, yes, we must have lost service. She didn't, she didn't <laughs> say that she hung up on me. So I told her, listen, I'm going to go over there. It's almost 10 o'clock. I know that 10 o'clock they're going to be done, but I'm on my way over there. And, well, you can use my name and number. I said, no, I can't because you're not a resident and you're not being affected by it. You're not even in our village. So I can't use you as a complainant. Well, I'm going to have to call the mayor. I go, do whatever you got to do. Go for but it. I'm you going over there now. Yeah. So I went over there and they were done. You know, then I yeah. sat up there and had some water or whatever. And then they just had their regular outdoor music on. So I had to listen to that bullshit, that stuff. And right after that, we get the call of 20 people fighting in a parking lot. Yes. Yeah. So it's like we're all racing. We got two other towns coming, right, for this fight. Yeah. And I make sure my sirens are on. A good ways out. A good ways out, so I don't have people pulling out in front of me in my car. Oh, wait. <laughs> Just so people run away into their cars and drive away before I get there. See, here's what people don't understand. Reason. Is Yes, we will put on our sirens a good ways out from like a fight call to dissipate the number of people that we right. potentially will have to fight. Right, exactly. I so would much I rather did. fight 10 versus 20. Or four. Or one. Right. Or in this case. There's usually one loud drunk guy that just kind of hangs out. He's like, I don't care. I've seen it all. <laughs> in this case, none. By the time I got there and the other Miracle. two towns that were coming, <laughs> that was great. They all drove away. And the girls, you know, there was two girls in the car. And I asked them what was going on. And it's bullshit. Family members fighting. I said, where are they? Oh, as soon as I heard the sirens, they left. I'm like, yeah. All right. Yeah, they it did. It worked. Yeah, they did. So it sounds like so, we're good now, right? Yeah, right. Okay, so you guys are okay. There's nothing going on. Okay. Thank you to the other towns that came, you know. <laughs> I appreciate you helping out, but we're done. If we're code four at the scene, all incoming can reduce. Yeah. We don't, whatever code four is, I'm sure it means we're done. That's like universal. It's like everything's honky-dory. We're fine. We're fine. It's yeah. fine. We don't use codes. No, you guys just go, it's all good. I said, there's nothing to see here. I'm 10-8. <laughs> so on Sunday... That was Saturday, so not too much. So lately, something that's been bothering me. What's been bothering uh, you, Mike? I'll tell you. Now, oh. I have tinted windows on my vehicle. Okay. I've had tinted windows on my vehicle 
with every car I've had since like 1985 for a number of reasons. One, it really does keep the car cooler and it protects your interior and all that other stuff from sun fading and stuff. But I also don't like people to see me driving my car, especially if I'm in uniform. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. So what I don't like is tinted windshields. No. Because now that's really big out here. Huh. A black car, all blacked out, and tinted windshields, you can't see shit. No. That's that's a hard no. Yes. And obviously for us, on traffic stops, on the night shift... It's even worse. Plus, I like I said, I've had tinted windows. I'm speaking from a position of knowledge. It's hard to see out of regular tinted windows at night. Oh, yeah. And I don't even have mine. Mine aren't limo tint. They're like 26%, even though 35% is the law in Illinois. And I'm the one guy that carries a tint meter in his car and pulls people over for tinted windows. <laughs> but but I don't write that ticket because I, I don't want to be a hypocrite, right? Yeah. So I just make sure you're valid and you have insurance and give you a warning. We. We can use it as an equipment violation citation, so the village gets like 35 bucks. Yeah. See. If they're a dick. Yeah. Sometimes, you, contrary to what people think, you can talk yourself into a ticket. Oh, in two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had somebody do it in one word. What do you say? No. They, they rolled down the window, looked at me, glared, and went, what? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. I love those. Oh, let me tell you what. <laughs> I got a whole list of what's for you right here. It was just going to be one thing that I was going to talk to you about. Hold right. on, st- stand by because it's coming. Yeah, press hard for copies. So, that's, <laughs> you're still writing tickets? We have a computer. Mm. As shitty as my village budget is, we actually print out tickets now. See, the only people that do that are our uh, our motors guys. Everyone else, nope. You're still sitting there and oh, scratching okay. them out All right. the old fashioned way. Well, we have to still carry an old fashioned ticket book with us in case the computer crashes. So, no. All right. So uh, here's what I wanted to do. I'm so sick of seeing tinted windshield cars that I'm going to start pulling them over. Do right? it. Yeah. So this is what I tell myself. Now, I'm doing very little traffic these days. I used to do tons of traffic. I'm amazed you do any. I mean, this close, to, close, reti- to-, this close to retirement, I, like nobody would blame you. You've earned the right to sit into a dark parking lot, put it in park, yeah. and not move. I'm pretty sure that I've been doing that for a while, and, and I my ego is bothering me because not my ego, my sense of, doing my job to the fullest capacity. Yeah. Right? So I, this is one thing that bothers me, the tinted windshields. I'm going to start doing some enforcement while it's still sunny out. Let me put a preface this. Yeah. If it's 2 in the morning and that car drives by, F if I'm pulling that I'm going to maybe over. let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, just a, you know, it's just a little thing. So, okay, so I'm on a quest the other night on, on Sunday to pull over a car with a tinted wind, windshield. I'm sitting in a big parking lot on a major highway just watching cars go by. And then some chick flies past me. She's not, she doesn't have a tinted windshield, but she's doing like 15 over. So I pull out, just want to deter her, get right behind her. I'm pacing her, 45 and a 30, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. She's not slowing down because she's not paying attention. So I got to effing pull her over. And it's early in the shift. And I'm driving west, which is where my coffee's usually located. So I pull <laughs> her over and I call on the traffic stop. And, you know, I just, I make contact with her, whatever. And then as I'm walking back to my car with her credentials to run her and stuff, here comes some asshole in like a Honda Civic that's lowered with the wheels sticking out like they're bent. You know, how, I don't know if you have these in oh, California. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're like towed out. Yeah, they're towed out. And he's got his front windshield is so effing dark. And not only is it illegally tinted really dark, like super dark, he's got a white worded sticker across the middle of it. 
And I'm like, God damn it, that's the guy I was fucking looking for for the last 20 minutes while I was sitting in a parking lot. <laughs> but now he's driving right past me because I get, I'm on a traffic stop. Oh, there he so goes. Yeah, there he goes. So I get to my car, and then my sergeant pulls up behind me. He's going to back me up, and he goes, he walks up to the passenger side, and he goes, this chick cut you off when you're getting your coffee? <laughs> like, no, damn it. She didn't. I already got my coffee. But anyways, that car that just went by, I wanted to pull him over. So I let her go. I turn around, and I go back to where I was because I'm, like, I'm going to get somebody. And it wasn't working there. So I went to the police department, sat on the driveway. Some guy's going eastbound. He's got like a blacked-out SUV. Black window, windshield, tinted windshield. I'm like, yeah, got it. Gotcha. This is it. Got it. So I follow him. We have forest preserves to the east of our village, and there's groves that you can pull in, and there's parking spots, and there's, you know, the forest preserve houses. Yeah. You can cookouts and stuff. So I pull this guy over, and he pulls into a grove, and I call it out, and uh, his windows are so dark, and the windshield too. And he rolls down his window, and then I smell weed. And he's all tatted up. His face is all tatted, neck tats, all this stuff. He's got like a eight-year-old in the front seat. Good Christian boy. And then right behind him is his sister, turns out, and a, like a five-year-old in the other passenger seat. Let me guess, no car seat? The, the child was in a car seat. Yeah, give him props for that. All right. So I tell him why I'm pulling him over. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, I'm kind of known in my neighborhood. He lives in a city in Chicago. And I don't really like people to see me. Like, is it maybe the rival gang members? It would make sense. like You know? And I said, I get it, man. But holy shit, it's illegal. And how do you see at night? He goes, yeah, it is really hard to see out, <laughs> out of the window. <laughs> so he, I said, okay, well, just give me your insurance and your driver's license. And he, he looks at me and he goes, I don't have my driver's license. And I said, oh, you forgot it at home or you're suspended? He said, I'm actually revoked. Even better. And I go, God damn it. I'm like, well, thanks for being honest with me, yeah. right? I appreciate that. And I go, what's the holdup? He said, I got, you know, these fines and I got to pay. I'm like, all right. I go, you know what I'm supposed to do here? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm like nine minutes from home. He was at a family barbecue. I'm like, if I, if I got to arrest you, tow your car, you know, impound your vehicle, 500 buck impound, then Plus you got to get arrested. Storage fees. Yeah. He's like, can I just call one of my friends say, I'll park it here. I swear to God, I'll park it here. I'll have someone come and pick us up. I'm like, no, man, just drive home. <laughs> you know, just, I don't just, give a fuck anymore. Just get the hell out of here. And then my partner pulls up. I just walk to the car and tell my buddy what's going on. He's like, okay. And I would, here's the thing. For people that are listening, you know, we gave this guy a break. He's driving revoked. Yeah, okay. In the grand scheme of things, a number of things going on here. One, Cook County gives a shit about anybody driving suspended anymore. They don't get in trouble. Matter of fact, they've now changed the, they're pulling the whole driving suspended thing that used to be a misdemeanor. Now it's on our traffic call. They don't care. They literally don't care. They've unenforced revokes and and suspensions. Yeah, and, and I talk about it, I, I talk about it a lot with people of, I mean, it's think about it in uh, in terms of like disciplining your kids, right? So, say you have a rule in your house of like, um, let's say no running in the house, right? Like the equivalent of speeding. Okay, no running in the house, but your kid keeps running in the house, right? And you don't ever do anything about it. Like you don't discipline them. You don't stop them and say, "Hey, no running in the house. This is your warning." 
do it again. Okay, cool. Now they have to have some sort of penalty, right? Right. So if you don't have that penalty portion, do you actually have a rule or do you have a suggestion? Right. That, that's what a lot of these lower level, like especially traffic violations, these are all suggestions. <laughs> like, you know, because, and I'm not sure how you guys classify it out in Illinois, but like in California, we got, it, it's like three levels. You got an infraction, which is like speeding, stop signs, red lights. You have misdemeanors, which are lower, typically lower level crimes. And you have felonies where it's, you know, big boy stuff. Right. I mean, for for the most part, like misdemeanors and infractions, we have a lot. We have a lot of discretion as police officers. But yeah, like it, our whole in, job is discretion yeah. most of the time. I mean, there's sometimes like your hands are tied, like on domestic violence stuff. Right. Like I've told people well, that before. Like, look, your hands I, are tied. I, yeah. Well, mine are. Yeah. I've told people time and time again, like, look, I my hands are tied. You called the police. Some domestic violence stuff occurred. However minor it may be, someone's going to jail. Like, what, see, maybe in seventeen years. Happen? You won't do that, but well, I'm I'm bound by law to. Well, if, so am I. And well, then you you well, arrest it, one of them, and there, then they don't. Are, well, yeah, they show no, up they, to they court show holding court. hands. Yeah, or, and then they drop the charges. And yeah, I, I if was it's pushing, obviously really, really bad. Then they don't. Yeah, no one gets off. I, I had a case where I was trying to push for not just domestic violence but attempted murder. Well, and the, and they came to court holding hands and. Yeah, nice. Like would have been uh, like I racked I racked and stacked charges on this guy because I mean he was this he would have gotten strikes two and three and was looking at he was looking at twenty five to life. Wow! And it was really fun to listen to the DA and the uh, defense attorney go back and forth. And you hear the DA going, "Well, I could you know we could plead this down to a misdemeanor. Oh no, wait, I can't do this one. He just, uh So look, best I can do is going to be like thirty two months, and he's going to have to take a strike. Good." Yeah, but like to, to it is so deflating. Yeah, well, as a cop to sit there and like oh. uh, th- like this is a case that you put like you put a lot of work into it, especially with these ones where you have multiple charges and you have somebody looking at possible two serious felony crimes. Right. To then sit there and listen to the district attorney crap all over it to something that the guy was looking at twenty five to life, he's going to serve thirty two months, probably right. like. 10% of it or something. He's probably already out. And then this was in the, the beginning of the of the year for that. I think it was like 2019. It was like beginning of that. They deferred his surrender date to like after July 4th so he could get his affairs in order and say goodbye to his family. That he just beat the shit out of and almost killed. Yeah. Like, like yeah. straight up took a knife and said, if I can't have you, nobody will. And jabbed towards her like he was trying to kill her. All right, to nice. the point where she said, I thought he was going to kill me. Right. Well, here in Cook County, that's why we don't enforce a lot of this minor bullshit because Cook County's not going to back us and they're not going to get in trouble. The traffic stuff, especially. Yeah. So I don't care anymore. So I gave the guy a break. Yeah. And then, then I, at the end of the night, we get a call of a black male that went into Starbucks. And by the end of the night, for us, it's the morning now, right? So Starbucks just opened. It's like 6 a.m. or whatever. And we get a call of a black guy that went into Starbucks, yelled at the staff, give me some water, and then left. I'm like, what's the problem? <laughs> Sounds left. like the problem solved itself. So I and go there. And hand uh, out water for free. Yeah. So my it's my buddy's call. So we go there together. And as, as we're pulling into the lot, we pull in off of a major street, 
returning right into the lot and maybe 75 feet south is a bus stop and there's a black guy there who matches the description. So we go in first to speak with the complainant and see what's up. So she says he came in and yelled, give me water. So she gave him water. Yes, sir. Good morning, sir. You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's not answering. And then he goes, stop looking at me. I'll slap that look off your face. <laughs> so she's like, oh, take it easy. And then someone else is like, what's the problem, sir? And then he's like, fuck you. So they're like, can you just please leave? So he leaves. He is mentally unstable, right? Her opinion. She wasn't far off. So <laughs> I said, okay, good. Probably pretty accurate. He, yeah. He left. I can see him over there at the bus stop. Did he do anything else other than yell at you and hurt your feelings? Well, no, but I'm really worried that someone walking by is going to get hurt. Why? I'm like, okay, so you want me to go talk to this guy? And while I'm speaking to him, can I please tell him that he's no longer allowed in your business? Well, I don't want him to come back and, and yell at me again. It was really scary the first time. Yeah. So we leave there, and this woman was mad at me because I'm like, she's like, he needs help. And I'm like, I'm not a doctor. He I'm may well need help. But if he didn't commit a crime, I don't know what you want me to do. But whatever. We'll go talk to him. We walk out, and I start walking over there. And now he's laying on the ground with his feet in the street. And I thought, oh, shit, I better go get my gloves. So I told my buddy, stop, let me go get, so walk back to my squad, grab my gloves. And as we're walking up to him, he's laying on his side on the concrete sidewalk with his feet in the street, and he's facing south, and we're coming from the north, so he can't see us coming. So I walk around him in the street, and I get in front of him, and he looks at me, and I go, hey, man, you all right? And he looked at me, and he said, you want to die today? I said, I'm that's sorry, what? That's concerning. Yeah, I go, look, man, sit up. I want to make sure you're okay. He said, I'm fine. Do you want to die today? Now, he's wearing gym shorts and a T-shirt. He had taken off a hoodie, which was laying next to him, so my buddy grabs the hoodie, you know. And then he, he had his head laying on his rolled-up pants. So I take his pants from him. I'm checking to make sure there's no weapons in there. Are I still sure can't see him. Pants? Oh, they were his pants. They were dirty as fuck. I throw the pants down on the ground, and he gets all upset. And he goes, what are you doing that for? And I said, make sure you don't have any weapons, especially after you just threatened me. I don't have any weapons. And I still can't see if he's got anything on him because he's sitting down. And I asked him what his deal was, and then he said things like, Space Ghost? That would be a problem. I said, I love Space Ghost. I used to watch the show all the time. It's hilarious. Yes. Then my buddy says something to him, and he says, he turns around and looks at my partner, and he goes, you lied about me on Facebook. My partner's like, I lied about you on Facebook? He said, yeah, you're spreading lies. So I give the old call the ambulance signal to Drew. <laughs> and then my boss pulls up, and he's blocking the curb lane because this guy's feet were hanging into the curb lane. Yeah, we don't want him to lose his feet. Yeah, so I said, listen, man, if you need to go somewhere, we'll give you a ride. I'll get you a ride. I'll give you a ride. And he said, uh, Amida Health. Amida Health. Amida is a hospital okay. out here. So Drew says, you want to go to a hospital? I can get you to a hospital. And he swears at Drew. I didn't say a hospital. 
And then I said to Drew, I'll be right back. I'm going to go talk to our boss. So I walk over there, and this guy looks at my partner and goes, so is that your backup? And, and he says, yeah. And the guy says, are you sure? And, and my partner says, listen, how about I give you a ride to the train station? The town north of us has a blue line that runs to the city. Oh, so he wasn't talking like Yellowstone, like you take it to the train station. No, not, not, not that. So my partner says, I'll bring it to the train station. And he said, and you'll die there. That's what he told my partner. Well. Okay. So I tell my boss what's going on. We call, call for an ambulance for a psych eval. And I'm thinking, how are we going to get this guy in the ambulance without fighting him? And he stands up. And then I search him to make sure he's got no weapons. I said, can you just lift up your shirt for me? And I said, listen, I don't want to just make sure you don't have anything on you. He's like, I'm fine. So I check him. He's got nothing. And then he turns around and looks at Drew. And he walks right up to him. This effing crazy eyes, dude. I've been on this job a long time. I haven't seen many people as crazy as this dude. And Drew has to, like, stiff arm him, turn blade off, you know, Get away from me. Stand yeah. back. And he's like, what? I'm just trying to talk to you. But he's so aggressive and dead stare, like eyes of a shark, just looking right through you. Yeah, I mean, just nuts. So finally the ambulance came. And he's like, okay, let's go. And I just got up and went in the ambulance. I'm like, ooh, that was easy. Oh. The ambulance, yeah. Oh, let out a big sigh of relief. So. We got him on the on the ambulance, and they took him without any problems. Thank goodness, right? It, so, but that one was, it was that was a messed up. Yeah, dude, he was well, pretty messed up. It, it's amazing to me how there's some of these dudes that and chicks too that can be so confrontational, so aggressive with us. Yeah, second the ambulance shows up, they're like, "Sweet rides here, let's go." Yeah, we're like, "Hey, your rides here." That's yeah. the red cab. Yeah, and then they jump on. They're like, "Cool, lights. you just strap me down." Usually, they strap me down. Yeah. No? Okay. The paramedic came out like 10 minutes later because we stuck around. And uh, he's like, that guy ain't saying a word of sense. <laughs> I'm like, no, he's, he likes Space Ghost. I know that. So that was how we ended uh, that night on uh, Sunday. And then I went back Wednesday. I'm, I'll be done in a minute. So I went back Wednesday, and we get a, ca- a call. Apparently on Monday when we were off, there was a car stolen, stolen at a gas station by one of our local shitheads. So on Wednesday, another random frequent flyer shithead who we deal with all the effing time calls and says, there's a stolen car in front of my uh, in front of my apartment and so-and-so stole it. Click. Definitely wasn't me. Don't, don't come talk to me. Yeah. So we go over there and there's this car with plates from Missouri or something and we run it and it's not coming back stolen because it's a rental car from Enterprise, and they move their plates around. You know how they put plates on all the different cars? Yeah. So I do the run the VIN, run the plate, nothing. It's not coming back stolen, although we know it was stolen because I just we pulled up the report. Yeah. And here's the shit bag. He's standing literally. I'm, I'm at the car. Then there's a parkway and a sidewalk and his apartment. And the guy who called is standing right there. He's I can see him. I'm like, hey, so-and-so. He... And we're looking around for the car. We don't know where the ship bag is who stole it. And he tells us we he's down there. Okay. We have no proof that he stole the car. Just the word of this drug dealing piece of shit who we see all the time. So he 
he leaves and starts walking away and I, he picks up his takes his phone out of his pocket and like two seconds later i get a call from dispatch so and so says there's keys in the glove box i go why didn't he just tell me to my face he's right there <laughs> so i said on the air what the hell is <laughs> so hey. we, we don't find car keys but we call a tow truck, whatever. We get the car out of there. It was stolen. My boss had to go to O'Hare Airport to the Enterprise Jeez. counter and find out if it was actually stolen. And once they verified that, that it was, we, we took the car. So wouldn't you know it, the next day, Sir Shitbag, who called in the car, calls us because his son's a domestic. And I'm like, dude, can I work a shift without seeing your effing family ever? <laughs> One. And no, two, after. Right. After we dealt with his son who just got out of jail for a gun, caught a gun case. He's a felon and they let him out in Chicago after catching a gun case. He's back yeah. on the street. They do that here, too. I said, can I just work a shift without seeing you? And by the way, what is the effing deal with you calling me to tell me about a stolen car and then walking down the street to tell me that there's keys in it when you're standing right next to me? <laughs> well, so-and-so's aunt was uh, looking out. Are you afraid of her? Do you think she's going to kick your ass? No. I go, stop doing this shit, man. You're driving me nuts. So that was it, most of the main stuff. And then one last stupid call. It's 8.30, Thursday night, 8.30 at night. My dispatch gives me a call. Go to this house for the guy who says someone pulled up in front of his house, got out, picked up a glove, put the glove back down, and drove away. Hmm. I'm like, what? All right. Drive over there. I pull up. He comes walking down the sidewalk, and the first thing out of his mouth is, "Hey, buddy." Oh, jeez. Just so you know, <laughs> I fucking hate that. Don't say "Hey, buddy" to me. I don't even know you. Hello, officer would be nice, you know. But whatever. Hey, buddy. Same guys that call you chief. Hey, chief. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, man, I was eating dinner, right there in my window, right there, and I was looking out the window, and this car pulled up where you are, and this guy got out, and they like walked over here by the curb. And he he picked up those gloves, and then he put the gloves back down, and then he wiped his hands, and then he, he walked away. And I'm like, well, what time was this? And he says, it was 5.30. I'm like, okay, it's 8.30 now. Why are you calling me three hours later? Oh, I, I had to go to Boy Scouts. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? He said, well, I'm not going to pick him up. And I said, I'm not going to pick him up. I'm not a garbage man. Let me just step on him. So I stepped on him to make sure there wasn't any needles or anything in there or hands that might have led to a body. And then he goes, oh, I guess I'll just pick him up. And then I said, good idea. And I drove away. And I go around the corner. I have to dispo it on the computer. And I just put, complainant decided just to throw the garbage away. What? <laughs> the dispatch reached out to me and goes, oh, I love your dispo. Like, thanks. Yeah. What the fuck was this call about? That's, I love doing that. Where you can, so, <sighs> our our dispos of calls are a little bit different. Where it's basically like one, like, no report needed, took a report, took a supplemental, made an arrest, warrant arrest, all this other stuff. Okay. But you can add notes into yeah. the CAD call. And my favorite is, like, just these BS calls and then just adding notes in there of, like, uh, the reporting party felt the police really needed to, to know about the suspicious looking person that walked through their neighborhood, did nothing, just walked, right. walked through, yeah, yeah. just walked. We have to blotter out every call 
So even if it's a if it's a report, our chief still wants us to write a small narrative. Like so what we were doing or something like that. Yeah, he reads the blotters every day. Okay. So he wants more information in the blotter before he because some if we're blottering out something most of the time if we're blottering it there's no report. Okay. Like this case, there's just a blotter. Yeah. No report. But even if I have an arrest, I'll have to when I'm finished and closing out the CAD, I'll have to state what the call was about and then have to write in there report on file, even though on the drop down menu it says for incident report. Report taken. Not blotter. So what we started doing was copying and pasting our entire narrative in there. <laughs> and then you get like a four page report that goes into the blotter and he gets all pissed off. So I was like, Don't put too much first put information in there, then don't put too much information in there. So now put I'm just putting whatever there. the hell put I want in there. there. Yeah, so yeah. I just do whatever the hell I want now. I don't care. I was supposed to go to court for a uh, vehicular manslaughter case. And uh, I was just like reading the report because I, I was kind of curious what had happened with it. So I was reading the investigator's interview with one of the suspects and it talks about how they were, you know, smoking weed. And then, you know, they went to go get uh, snacks or something because they were hungry. <laughs> and and this guy, he, I mean, like, he's like a day and a half away from retirement. He has in parentheses, shocking. I love it. I laughed for 10 minutes. I called my buddy. I go, hey, pull up this report and, and read what, what Sergeant so-and-so wrote in there. Because he was, he and I were the first two on the scene. I uh, love it. I go, read that. Because if we can start doing that, that game changer. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's awesome. We have, when we also make an arrest and you're putting them into the system when you're, when you're going to fingerprint them, mm -hmm. it's, it's tied to Cook County. So any arrest in Cook County, you can bring up that arrest, and then you get to read a narrative. Not your report. Your report's not tied to it. You have to write a separate narrative about why this person was arrested when you're charging them and actually fingerprinting them because that will stay with them. And there are so many creative writers <laughs> in all these police departments. <laughs> it's so fun because that's not like something that they would pull for court. Oh, yeah. So it's just a narrative so you know why this shithead was arrested in the other town. And it's so funny. People are getting so creative. It's it's awesome. I love it. I've All seen, right, let's get onto some news, eh? You got something else? Yeah. Well, I, I just I've seen a, even a district attorney. We had a knockdown dragout fight with a guy, and then like the the DA will as part of their filing will add like a quick little synopsis of what they're they're charging. And um, this this particular DA wrote in there that um, defendant so and so decided to fight with police. Dot dot dot. He did not get the better of that fight. <laughs> nice. I think we should all be able to do stuff like that. Yeah. It shouldn't be frowned upon. It's not no. unprofessional. And it's not inaccurate. It's exactly what happened. Yeah, right. So you're actually just stating the truth. Yeah. That's not bad. And now, Ken Brockman with the news. It's fucking hot! Oh, that's the weatherman. <laughs> that's, that's Ollie. I found a, a bunch of stuff that I wanted to talk about, and we, we're not going to do all this. But no, no. one thing I wanted to talk about real quick before we get to your assault gun ban lift in California was an article on Fox News that they this came out. It says published August 18th. What That can't be right. No, it, it is accurate because uh, Governor Abbott actually talked about this during the height of the defund the police movement. Well, why is this a news story now? I think oh, maybe because like, it's actually happening. Yeah, so like Austin was one of the cities that actually defunded the police. So what? So basically, 
the idea behind this article that Mike's referencing is Governor Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, came out and said during the height of all of the defund the police, all the protests and rioting last year, was like, if any city in Texas defunds their police, you will not be getting assistance from the state. Like you're not going to get, you're going to receive less funding. The state's not going to really help you out all that much. So there is no incentive for you to go through with this stupid idea. Yeah, I, I loved this idea. It's about time that someone said, F you, you're making these cities in Texas more dangerous by yeah. defunding the police and taking resources away for training. Cities that endanger residents by reducing law enforcement should not then be able to turn around and go back and get more property tax dollars. Yeah. And you know what happened in Austin just the other day? I don't. A mass shooting. 13 people injured. Wait, how did I miss that? What was what day was that? Uh, I think it was like Thursday or Friday. Well, I was pulling an 18-hour shift. Yeah, it, it was I mean, Friday, I, it, so that's probably it, why it I missed it. It was really that. recent. Uh, oh, goodness. Yeah. Any deaths? Uh, I think so. I don't have the exact number, but I do believe they have one suspect in custody, and they're looking for another one. Man, I'm so sorry to hear about that. And <clears throat> if you read uh, an article that was published on to CNN.com, uh, they talk about how police only have a very vague description of the shooter. They don't provide that vague description. Another local news outlet says the police were only able to provide a very vague description of the shooter. It's a male, black, uh, dreadlock hair. Well, I wonder why CNN didn't have that description. Can't imagine. Can't Communist imagine News Network. I thought it was Clinton News Network. CNN. Oh, Clinton News. That's funny. I never heard that one. Really? Oh, that's all I heard in, in like 2016. Oh, all right. Yeah, I've just heard the the, the Communist News yeah. Network. It's not really news anymore. When I mentioned that network the other day, because there's one show that I really love, and it's on that network, and someone's like, what network is that? The Communist News Network. <laughs> like, it's CNN, idiot. The show is Stanley Tucci discovering it at Italy. Okay. And it's absolutely... Fantastic. That's the only thing I'd ever watch on CNN. Well, I, I'll be honest. I can't really watch Fox News or any of that. The, the news is no longer the news. It's what the advertisers who advertise on those channels want you to want us hear. to see. Correct. Although this was on the Fox News channel, this story. Yeah. So that was one thing I wanted to say. I loved the fact that I love Texas, man. I just absolutely love Texas. I do too, but there's too many people from California moving there. Like, I'm going to hold out here, and eventually all the – because here's here's what I've noticed about the people who are leaving California. There's two types. There's either the people who are very far right and have had it up to their eyeballs with everything and are just done and leaving. And they're not typically going to Texas. They're, like, going to, like, rural Montana. Like, they're going off the grid. <laughs> Giddy up. They're going to live next to Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. Some of them I kind of wonder about. Uh, but then you have the people who are pretty left-leaning who don't seem to realize that all the crap they voted for is the crap that they don't really like about the state. And then right. they are the ones that are moving to Texas. They're so, not going to like Texas. <laughs> I know. They're going to be but, leaving Texas. But that's too. why everybody in Texas hates Californians that are moving there because – they uh, and this is going to happen. Mark my words. They, Texas is going to shift and go for a Democratic nominee with, no, with no, within no. within fifteen years. No, 
Mm-mm. But consequently, there's some of us that are like center right that are just kind of sticking it out because we don't have enough money to move out of the state. And I mean, in all honesty, what other state can you move to where you drive two hours one direction, you're at the beach, you drive two hours the other direction, you're in the mountains. Right. So I, I absolutely love this state. I hate the politics of the state, but I love the right. state. Sure. I'm holding out. I think California's going to turn red in about the same time frame. I think Texas and California are going to flip. Really? Yep. That would be a miracle if that happened in your if you, state. If, if you look at a voting breakdown of California, the only places that are blue are the San Francisco Bay Area and the greater Los Angeles area. Everything else is pretty much red. Oh, and Sacramento. Sacramento's pretty blue, too. But it's all the heavily concentrated population. Wait, you said L.A., right? Yeah, L.A., San Francisco, okay. and Sacramento. Those are the okay. those yeah. are the real blue spots. Everywhere else in that state is pretty red if you go county by county. Yeah, but L.A. is so big, and Sacramento is so big, and San Francisco is so but big, you'll never pe- turn the— But all the, the people tide. moving out of California are from L.A., San Francisco. Hmm. There is a—it's uh, it, it's talked about pretty regularly in San Francisco. There is a mass exodus from the Bay Area. That's why I have hope that California— will okay. turn itself around. Well, I, I hope so, too, for you. And if not, you can come visit me on my ranch in the middle of Tennessee and stay with us. Oh, yeah. that's I, I've, I'm already scouting locations. Or Kentucky. <laughs> it, yeah. I, th- I think right now I'm kind of leaning. I, lo- I love Boise, but that's another one that people are freaking moving to. You know what? They're going to screw I, it up. I'm out in Boise every year because my uncle lives there. and That's my grandma. absolutely beautiful. He's oh, in yeah. Meridian, just west of nine miles west outside of Boise. Yep. And in the Treasure Valley, surrounded by mountains, I love it. So that's you get all four well. seasons. Oh yeah, they don't get a lot of snow, but you get the, the mountains grab it. Snow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You don't so, get the harsh. You think you're gonna die snow? That's you get that in North ago, they, they got a heavy snow two years ago, but yeah. it, it didn't last for very long. But uh, he gets upset when he can't use a snowblower. I'm like, f that. When I retire, I'm not <laughs> shoveling shit. I want, no, that's why you have the snowblower. Yeah, I ain't doing that either. It, it's actually not fun. Yeah, no. I, I'm done with snow. Although, <laughs> if I were retired, and I don't mean like when I'm retired next year and I go get another job. When yeah. I'm retired, retired. If it was snowing like that, where the F are you going anyways? You don't have to go anywhere. So let it snow. Who gives a yeah. shit? I just get out on my snowmobile and drive around town on yeah. my snowmobile. Fair enough. So, all right. I wanted to talk about a memorial billboard in Chicago. Before you get to your gun stuff, okay. I want to t- touch on this. I sent you the story, but yeah. I don't know if you looked at it real yeah, quick. Yeah, I did so, actually. Not that long ago. It made me sick to my stomach. So, yeah, this shit pisses me. There's a me bunch off. of billboards up in the city around Chicago recognizing and honoring officers that were murdered. And one of them is for Officer Samuel Jimenez. And last year, not last year, holy shit, 2018 already, Yep. some guy came to one of the hospitals on the south side and just started shooting everybody. So there's a billboard that's up. Officer Jimenez was murdered during while he was responding to the shooter. And now someone got up to the billboard and painted propaganda across it. And on a side note, but with the same story, I went on Twitter. Now, I made a ghost Twitter page. Yeah, my name ain't anywhere near it. And it's basically just to attack everybody that attacks the police. And I just got blocked (laughs) the other day (laughs) about this one because this was sent to me. And then I read the article. And then some 
white chick, probably privileged, is saying, I'm glad this officer's dead, and all this shit that just made me so angry. And then someone that responded to her said, listen, Chicago police aren't perfect, but my sister works in that hospital. And this officer was saved my sister's life by showing up and responding. So whatever you think is happening, you know, you're wrong. So I just made my stomach turn, and I didn't know if you had seen it or if you knew no. what I was talking about. I, so. I, had, I hadn't seen it until you sent me the article. Yeah, I, I have pretty much the same reaction you do. Of I just don't get it. What's really sad is that, one, these people exist, and then two, they feel emboldened enough to do this kind of crap. Like, I, I understand people from minority communities or immigrant families that, that come here with a deep distrust of government and the police because of where they've come from. Totally get it. Totally can see why there's a lack of trust. Can totally understand how today's African-American population doesn't really think too highly of us. Because they're primarily, and this isn't like a dig, this is just kind of a fact because mom, you know, moms are having to work two jobs, dads are having to work two jobs, they're just not around because they're trying to, they're too busy trying to put a roof over their kid's head. So grandparents are kind of default raising a lot of these kids. My Grand grandparents raised me. Yeah, grandparents who grew up in the 60s and 50s when, admittedly, law enforcement wasn't that great towards that community. Right. So I understand how they might have that. What about but, the white chick? Oh, well, yeah, that was her no, story. Th so, so that and that's kind of been the common theme throughout the last what year, year and a half of you have all of these white kids from upper middle class families who have never dealt with any type of challenge at all, have had everything handed to them, pretending to be disenfranchised it, it's and like supporting a cause that they don't know shit about. no they don't understand it they don't know what that pain's like they haven't had to see you know the pain on a grandparent's face when they talk about their encounters with the police and pain that's real their pain involving the police is i got a ticket for for tinted windows and the yeah. officer did not let me go when i unbuttoned the top button of my shirt i just don't get it i don't get it yeah. And then they buy into this other bullcrap that's getting spread throughout what used to be reputable news sources about how, you know, cops are evil and there's all this excessive use of force, which is factually false. It's an outright right. lie. No, it's a lie. So it's the the uh, the billboard was installed by the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation. And it was part of a citywide effort to humanize police. Yeah. Right? Put a face on the badge. Let the people know that we're actually out there trying to save lives, not to take them. And uh, it just makes me sick. So as I was reading that, Chicago just had a shooting. Well, of course. Um, an officer-involved shooting the other morning. Yes. Like, Did you see that Twitter video? Yeah, I saw the video. And COPA doesn't do I – like, I, I love that they put out a ton of information. But it – do you know how long it took me to find what they were responding to? Oh, it took what the forever. Call was? Yeah, yeah. I sent you the link, right? Yeah, but I, I, I went thought... straight to the. Yeah, it went. It went to Copa, okay. to what they put out. They put out all the body cam footage. It, it's a really, it's a good idea, 
but they need to add more. They need to put the context of the call because just the video, it's a guy walking down an alley with his hands in his pockets, and all of a sudden, a guy or the two cop guy, comes. Two officers behind him, two officers yeah. in front of him. Well, you don't see the officers behind him until after shots have been fired. No, you, you can, and, and the officer who was shot mm-hmm. at, when he, he's got his gun, not even at low ready. I don't know. No, I, 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 he was doing some weird, like, one-handed, I don't know what the hell that sideways was John Wick bullcrap. But if you pause, I pause the video, like, every second, mm-hmm. and you can see the officers in the alley down away from them that were following. Yeah, see, I couldn't even see them, because unless, unless you look at it through the lens that we are, we're, we're scrutinizing everything, because right. what happens out there is going to affect me here. So right. I so I'm breaking this down, going okay, where are we good? And it took forever to find the whole reason that they were contacting this guy in the first place. Because the only video that gets released on social media is that it was a like a minute long clip and about ten seconds before shots were fired. So all you see is officer come out of the come out of the car with his gun already drawn to just some guy walking down an alleyway with his hands in his pockets. When you show just that clip, it looks bad. But when you add the context of why they were there in the first place, you understand the reaction of the officer. So, Mike, why were they there in the first place? They had a man with a gun call. Huh. And and they <laughs> and after and they numerous times, yeah, to, to investigate. Yeah. So they and they decided to address the person who fit the description of the man with the gun at gunpoint. Mike, why right. would somebody do that? Well, just in case they actually do have a gun, oh, I so want to have my gun out first. So you're telling me that action is quicker than reaction. That's exactly what I'm telling you. And huh. here's the thing. Even though that officer had his gun out and he's ordering this guy, show me your hands, show me your hands. The video is crazy. He's got the yeah. gun in his right hand. He lifts up his like left arm like a chicken wing kind of thing and brings yeah. the gun up underneath his arm and shoots yeah. right at the officer. Yeah, from the pulls, side. He pulls like some secret agent firing through his hoodie under his arm move. Yeah. And then pulls out and engages officer two. Yeah. And gets hits. Yeah. And the officer who initially made contact, he got shot in the hand. Yeah, yeah. He dropped his he had his radio. I think I think that's why he was one handed on the gun. Because he had one I hand on that. gun, and he had one hand on radio. And I, I hate these portable radios like that. I don't understand why. why do, is it common practice for, like, Chicago? Because So here's the thing. Where I'm at, everybody has a corded microphone that is, right. like, usually Us on, too. like, a lapel or, like, on your shirt button or something like that to where you can easily reach it. And then if you right. do have to go to gun, it's, like, a quick, right, exactly. short move. We're not so holding you, a radio in our hand. Yeah. So you're not like trying understand. to do like eight different things at once. And right. then you like go to push the push the talk button on your radio. And then you have the sympathetic squeeze on your gun right, hand. Exactly. And now you so. accidentally shot somebody that you didn't mean to shoot. But this guy. Hey. Oh, oh, here's the. Th- so I there was also more comments. This is why I got blocked on Twitter. <laughs> there are more comments on this video where you can clearly see this guy shoot the police. Yeah, two of them shot two cops. And then this person's saying that the police are wrong. And, and my response was, are you out of your fucking mind? That guy should be dead. And then that's why Twitter blocked me because <laughs> I said that guy should be dead. He's so lucky like, he's oh, not. Well. Anyways. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like the, the officer involved shooting that we had before I went on vacation. Right. We had an entire segment, these social justice warriors claiming that he was unarmed. 
So we released security footage from one of the houses showing him very clearly armed, very yeah. clearly pointing his gun inside of a vehicle where there was, yes, an undercover cop there. And the undercover cop shot him. Don't don't point your if gun at If someone people. wants to answer Brandon and I, my question to these to normal people who drive down the street every day with blinders on and don't see shit that happens, and then you see the story that another unarmed black man was shot by the police. Do you fucking believe this? I want I'm just asking seriously. Well, Who's my, believing this? My question, and this is and this is this is a serious question I have. How many people actually look into it beyond the headline? Right. No one no, not many people are, that want to believe that stuff are going to look into it to make sure it's not real. Yeah. But that and that's my point and that's my biggest issue with at least televised media and now the stuff that's getting printed online they're putting out there there's always this rush to be first right it's be be first be first to break the story be first to break the story that nobody cares if, they, if they're factually right we can always just print a retraction or something like that right well they're not even taking the time like i get push notifications on my phone from some of the local news networks not because I'm interested in the news, but because I kind of want to know what kind of crap I'm walking into at work. And sure enough, every single news outlet I have on there the day of the shooting, police department or officers shoot um, black man in South Bay. That's it. They were very clear that they could put out that the officers were working in an undercover capacity, that they weren't wearing body cams because they were doing surveillance. But they didn't mention they're just there to do surveillance. They were not there for enforcement action. They were there to verify that the guy with the $300,000 Ramey warrant for his arrest for armed robbery of a juvenile where he pointed a gun at that juvenile's head was actually in his house so that when we get the real big, bad, scary SWAT guys to hit the house and take that guy into custody, that we're not just scaring the crap out of the people who live there when he's not there. That's developing part of a tactical plan to safely take somebody into custody. Simple fact is, in this case, if he hadn't confronted people with a gun, people he didn't know, if he hadn't chased one person and then opened the car door to another person and shoved a gun in their face, he'd be in jail and he wouldn't be dead. Too bad. I have sympathy for the family because they had to bury somebody. I don't have sympathy sure. for him. He made his no. decision. It was a stupid-ass decision. Right. And he got the result that he got. Too bad. And so they were going to try to protest it again today, but then they heard that the police department was going to start arresting people, so nobody okay. showed. No, surprise. Most of them are already out on work release anyways. Well, you know what? They actually did get a, a fair amount of people to, to show. And it's the same thing. It's it's a fairly well-off. It's either a well-off group. You have like two segments of the population that I've seen at these things where it's the well-off wealthy white kids that are like, we have FOMO. We're with you. We don't want to miss out on this. Uh, and then you have people who just have an anti-police feeling for whatever reason. Some of them are their family members of people who my department's been an officer-involved shootings with that, I mean, I'll never understand their pain. Right. And, and, I, and, and I don't blame them for, for hating the organization that is ultimately responsible for taking your, you know, your family member's life. You can't reason your way through that sometimes. No. So, 
so I, I get why they're there. But the yeah, the rich the rich white kids that <laughs> want for nothing, I don't understand. Yeah, I was and this is a little bit off topic, but I was working security at a baseball game, you know, like two weeks ago. And as I'm wanding people coming in, some well to do white kid walks in, he's got a Black Lives Matter mask on. I'm like, yeah. what? What I couldn't say anything because I get in trouble. But I'm like, yeah. What the what what? Okay. That's I, I saw someone at the airport the other day with there's some fat white lady with a Black Lives Matter mask on. I'm like, I, I don't get it. Yes, all lives matter. Yes, lives uh, lives matter. You, right, <laughs> lives matter. What? I don't understand the white guy. Why he's white kid? What he's trying to help? Who he's trying to help? But whatever. Yeah. Okay. So here we go with the fallen officers uh, this week. The first one, Brandon, is they're all tragic, but the first yeah. one is doubly tragic because it was two officers that were married. We're not married. Yeah, they were married. Yeah, they were married. Detective Ryan Park and Detective Jamie Huntley Park of the San Diego Police Department. On June 4th, they were both killed when their department vehicle was struck head-on by a wrong-way driver on I-5 near Route 905 in San Is Isdro? How do you say that? Y-S-I-D-R-O. I think it's San okay. Istro or something like that. But yeah, they uh, went to the academy San together. Istro. And then that's where they met, fell in love, got married. And they were both promoted to the rank of detective on the same day. How cool yep. is that? So Detective Ryan Park was only 32 years old, nine years on the job. And then his wife, since they met at the academy, also nine years on the job, Jamie Huntley Park, she was 33. That's it's so hard to believe. Two taking in the same yeah. incident. Driving. Uh, next up would be Worcester Police Department in Maryland. Police officer Emmanuel Familia. He drowned. One of two drownings this week. He had attempted to rescue a juvenile who had gone underwater in a small pond in Green Hill Park at about 1.35 in the afternoon. Three juveniles went in. One went underwater and failed to surface, and he jumped in with other officers, and he did not come back up. I believe it took them an hour to locate his body, and then an hour after that, the third juvenile, or the juvenile body. Jeez. He was 38 and had served for five years. Just getting started. Yep. And the last one of the week, Deputy Sheriff William H. Smith of the Baldwin County's Sheriff's Office in Alabama. End of watch for him, June 6th. He also drowned. I don't remember seeing numerous drownings in the same day. It's, it's kind of weird. He drowned while attempting a water rescue of three distressed swimmers in the Gulf of Mexico off of Fort Morgan Road. He and another deputy entered the water in an attempt to rescue three swimmers. Deputy Smith also became distressed during the rescue. He was taken to a nearby medical facility where he was pronounced dead. The other deputy and all three swimmers were also treated at local facilities. 
He had served for the sheriff's office for seven years and previously served with Calhoun County Sheriff's Office and had served as a firefighter for 30 years. Wow. This guy, his whole life was helping Service. people. Yes, 57 years old. So still young. And that much time on the job. And then I was recently reached in reference to canines that are killed in the line of duty. And they asked if we could recognize the canines that were killed in the line of duty. And I will for sure do that starting with June. And that would be Canine Kit of the Braintree Police Department. M.A., is that Massachusetts? Yep, Massachusetts. All right. Hey, I got something right from grade school. Canine Kit, his end of watch was June 4th, 2021. He died of gunfire. He was shot and killed when a domestic violence suspect opened fire on officers who were searching for him in a wooded area. The man had fled from a nearby apartment complex. Canine Kit performed a track, and the man opened fire and ambushed them. So we feel sorry for that department and their loss of their canine. It's the ninth canine lost this year. Yeah. In the line of duty. That's, wow. All right, we have a full list of heroes this week. We literally have one, two, three, four, five, six heroes, Brandon. Hey. You can never have enough. No, it, and, and it's good. We got people that uh, rescued someone stranded on a rock after high tide. Got yeah, that would be uh, oh, several deputies. Yeah. So, uh, in Del Norte, California. Do you know where that's at? Uh, I've heard of it. I've never actually been there. Okay. Near the White Rock Resort in Smith River. So these guys went up on a rock and got stranded there, so several officers saved them. What's the next one? Uh, let's see here. Officer saves baby choking on a cherry on California Freeway. I think that was down south. He's also a licensed paramedic. Yeah. How about that? Officer Casey Ramstead. That's amazing. Yeah. Br hey, if you... If you're due for first aid CPR. Just watch a YouTube video just as a refresher, especially if you have young kids in your house and how to do infant CPR. You never oh, you know. definitely need to know. You, yeah. You never know because it, it's, it's way different. Oh, way different. Right. This officer was a CHP officer. He is. Oh, good for you, Chippy. So you probably wrote the mom a ticket afterward. Right. Because that's what they do, right? Yeah. That's all. That, that, so. It's all good-natured ribbing for people who don't understand between <laughs> a city cops, sheriff's deputies, and highway patrol. Highway patrol, their job is to write tickets, investigate accidents, and arrest people for DUI. That is their primary function. And we joke with them all the time of, when we're all down at jail. They go, you know what? If you ever need somebody to come do a DUI for you, call me because we love the stat. Uh as long as I can call you anytime there's a domestic violence <laughs> right. incident on the freeway because I don't do those. Right. Yeah. So. Although you had a CHP guy in your diamond formation when you did your rapid did. deployment at the shooting. So. Yes. Yeah. So he he was an old salty dog that got down. So. Yeah. Well, Third we one. A, we had a rookie cop saving choking babies. How about that? Officer that. Cody Hubbard, 23 years old. 
Good job, Boot. Yeah, saved still, a three-week-old baby boy. Still feels weird for me to call people Boot. We don't use that term, but <laughs> I see it on television quite a bit, especially uh, on like Southland. They called everybody Boot. Yeah, it's a it's an LAPD thing that like the okay. rest of California was like, yeah, screw you, we're taking it. <laughs> All right. What was it next? Officer stopped a woman from jumping off a bridge. That's amazing. And with the help of a bystander. Yeah. And what was it, Louisiana? Bosser yes. Bo City. Bosser City. They had intense dash cam footage. Two officers and a good Samaritan saved a woman from jumping off the bridge. They, the two officers were hanging on for their dear life, and the third guy, who was a Samaritan, ran up and said, do you need help? <laughs> and you, guys, they, you guys good? You got her? And then he helped. Yeah, that's awesome. So we should mention, I wonder if they yeah. mentioned the guy's name. Let's see. It's Officer Brandon Bailey. He's got and a good officer name. Matthew Corporal Matthew Bragg, Bragg and Bailey. There's like, it's a it's a duo. That's a that's a comedy cop show, right? Just yeah, Bragg and Bailey. Written. Oh my God, that's so true. And then oh, Good Samaritan Rawless Leslie Jr. came to their aid. Good for you, buddy. Officer Bailey said, "I hear him run up behind me. I take a look, and all I hear is, can I help you?'" And I think we both just out of desperation said, "Yes, <laughs> please, please, yes." <laughs> So that's awesome. Uh, then we had an officer walk with a woman with dementia until she was ready to go home. That's very sweet. Officer David Kaufman in Boulder, Colorado. Right. She was yeah. 78 years old, wearing a tracker, so they were able to find her, but she had walked out of her house. Oh, okay. And kinda... then she didn't want to go home, so they just walked yeah. with her and talked with her until she finally decided that she would go home. And the officer said that he has an 81-year-old father who suffers from dementia. So he was very patient with her. Uh, you know what? I've noticed that. So uh, dementia and Alzheimer's took my grandpa from me. Okay. So I have noticed that when it comes to elderly folks, because we've had a couple just since March, they went out for a drive. It got dark. They got lost. And we end up getting called for somebody who's disoriented and doesn't know where they are. I have found that I am way more patient with those people than I well, than I am with one anybody else. But then I'm more patient than a lot of other officers who maybe don't have that experience of dealing with somebody with dementia, right? And knowing just what kind of hell that disease is. Oh, for the family, yeah, it's oh, horrible. Yeah. The last one is the whole police department in Maryland, Ellicott City, Maryland, a whole patrol squad went and finished roofing a house of an elderly couple who were scammed out of $33,000 by oh, some piece man. of shit roofer who took their money, stripped their roof, and then left with their money. So Home Depot, don't normally mention the orange store, Home Depot supplied all the materials for Good nothing. For and all the, the whole shift went and roofed this couple's house, the whole thing properly. That's awesome. And they, apparently the neighbor is a roofing contractor, so he supervised, so the guys knew what they were doing, stuff right. That's awesome. But yeah, so that one is amazing. It's a special shout-out to Home Depot. Yeah, I mean, they already do some cool stuff. By, you know, they give vets like you uh, discounts. You get a 10% discount on Home Depot. Now, uh, to see them help out the police department, too, is awesome. And our badass of the week was from last week, but we... We didn't have time. This is a kid who's seven years old. Seven-year-old little boy. 
he was out on a boat with his dad and his four-year-old sister, and he swam to shore and called for help after they got caught in a strong current and their boat drifted on the St. John's River. So the father, Stephen Poust, told the television station that he anchored his boat in the river while he fished and his children were playing. And then the current was too strong for the sister to hold on to the boat. And then he let go to stay with his sister. And the girl was only wearing a little life jacket. So anyways, this boy swam to shore. He's seven. I don't know if I mentioned that. Seven. And he got help to bring back. He, he said, I felt Jeez. really scared. Yeah. <laughs> but he's seven. And he swam and he got help for his family. He's the badass of the week, oh, even yeah. though he's only seven. That's... That's true courage, because that's and it's funny. We actually had a, a conversation about when we were talking to our kids about the uh, the active shooter thing. We were talking about like what courage is and all that stuff. And you don't have to have courage to, you know, courage isn't necessarily only what happened that day, but courage is being afraid but doing it anyways. And that right being afraid isn't the absence of courage. Right, the absence of courage. Right. So that's amazing. Before we end the show, I wanted to mention we got a shout-out for the show via DM to my my Instagram page, which would be what, Brandon? At, I like when you say it. Right, now I'm going to have to say it. I'm going to go fast with it. At MM Midnight Maker. Right. Midnight, mid, now I can't even yeah. say Yeah, you're going to sit there. MM Midnight Maker. So you're telling me somebody slid into your DMs and not mine? Someone slid into my DMs. and uh, Getting jealous over here. So I got a message from Jess at the Living Timber Company. On Instagram, the Living Timber Co. Oh, one word. And I wanted to read it because it made me feel good. And it's a thank you to us. So she and we says. we like feeling good. We like feeling good. And this is the reason why we do this podcast. And it's starting to catch on. So thank you. Jess wrote. I listened to the two recent episodes of the H&S podcast this morning while I was in the shop. That's a long listen, by the way. Yeah. Brian, she's referring to Brian Luke from Dogwood Custom Builds, is a really close friend of mine, and I was waiting to listen to episode seven, which was the VTA shooter, because I wasn't mentally ready to before. I left working in EMS in Champaign last month, but most of my really close friends worked for the police fire and EMS here. As you guys mentioned, we just recently lost Officer Chris Oberheim on May 19th, and it was extra meaningful to hear you guys honor the fallen officers in that episode. Thank you for everything you do protecting my friends and family back home, and for you and Brandon's amazing podcast. It's truly one of my favorites. I plan on sharing the podcast with my local first responder friends at some point, but many of them responded to this shooting, his shooting, and are still heavily grieving. I'm still in tears from that episode and just wanted you guys to know how much I appreciate you. So thank you, Jess. We also appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. And we are sorry for your loss once again. And Brandon, if anybody else would like to leave us a message... What shall they do? Well, I'm going to switch it up because I always mention yours first. And it seems like people keep sliding into yours. So we're, we're, going, to, we're going to switch it up. I'm going to get a little crazy on you. Uh-oh. You can slide into my DMs 
at foot at full house i can't even say mine uh, yeah it's good <laughs> at full house woodworking or you can slide into mike's dms over at mm midnight maker or you can hit up the show at handcuffs and sawdust podcast on instagram facebook hell we might even have a twitter that i don't even know about or you can send a good old-fashioned electronic mail that none of you do to the handcuffs and sawdust podcast at gmail.com oh pat's pat sent an email last week pat sent an email okay cool so at least pat did and then he joined our live show tonight he did i saw that yeah so there you go stuff gets Listen, read listener and engagement listener engagement all right so with that being said this was a long show yeah. Uh, there will be no woodworking segment for the second week. Oh, no, actually, we had Brandon. We had Brian last week. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. We'll go heavy woodworking next, next week. Next week, we have a very special guest. We do. do Mike, do you who, want me to tell who you who is, that is? I, I need to. I am waiting on bated breath. <laughs> do you want me to tell you who it is? Yeah, I do. I just said I was waiting on bated breath. <laughs> All right. Well, it's Bao Loy, and he's Ooh. from Bao Loy Design Craft, and Bao who's got 26.2 thousand followers on Instagram. That's more than he, you and I combined. Oh, like by 10. By a ten lot. Times. <laughs> 10 times. He's amazing. I love him. Does unbelievable photography of his unbelievable work. Uh, so please make sure to stay tuned for that interview. Bob will be joining us next week. That's all I got, man. I, I really appreciate you coming back from vacation and spending time with us. It was so nice to uh, get away, I'm sure. But now... Reality is about to punch you right back in the face tomorrow yeah, I, when you go I to work. I didn't realize how much I needed that vacation. And uh, aside from the sunburn, I am uh, rearing and ready to go. Oh, good. Good for you because I'm just, not. I got to go get some aloe because, oh. <laughs> you look like a raccoon, by the way. Dude, this has got to be the worst sunburn of my life. <laughs> Mine was in Fort Lauderdale. All right. Yeah. I can Yeah, I got can really imagine. sunburn. And then I entered a belly flop contest. I wasn't a good combination. No. <laughs> but that's... I took second. Well, I mean, at least you were the first loser. And 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 the contestants had to walk the skinny or the teeny weeny bikini contest girls around the pool. Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't right. totally so suck. I ended up <laughs> the one I walked won. Oh, so there, there you, go. you go. Yeah. So the belly flop contest with Sunburn actually paid off. All right, paid off. Mind you, this was like 1980 something or other. I so wasn't a lot of, a lot of big dating hair. anybody, right? Yeah. A lot of big hair. Oh, big hair, yeah. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go. Yeah, it's probably best. <laughs> Hopefully, I can edit this down to like an hour. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it too. <laughs> so, for those of you that are still with us, remember. Why? I don't know, but stay safe in the shop and on the street. Peace. No, sir.